0: scaling is growing your company in that you're bringing in more revenue somehow but your expenses are increasing at a slower pace allowing your profit your bottom line to grow as your company grows and you know how do you do that by leveraging your resources and like i said marketing is a big piece right
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen.
2: On this episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Peggy Niles, and her passion is to help overwhelmed business owners live their dream lifestyles while using their business to make their mark or impact on the world. She is the performance and profit strategist as well as the business owner of Quantum Scaling. Peggy has worked with Hyatt Corporation, Alberto Culver International, Ernest & Young, and other large corporations advised on mergers and acquisitions for companies ranging from six to nine figures and worked with small business owners to scale their companies profitably. And we're going to talk with Peggy and you're going to have an amazing trip and journey down this podcast because she's dropping all kinds of wisdoms that I know a lot of us can relate to. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's time for our marketing essentials moment, the basics that you need to continue to help you build your brand and your bottom line. In today's topic, we're talking about zero click searching and how it's transforming the ways of which SEO is working. So what exactly is zero click search It's queries that happen within a search engine like Google or Bing or any of those others out there that then the user doesn't actually click on a website from those organic search results. So a lot of searches are happening now where people don't click into the websites of the search results. Basically, you're uncovering the information right on the search results page. And now, you know, for example, Google has a list of questions that are with little drop-down buttons that allow you to get the information without having to click on a site to get that information. And so when you're using your SEO and you're thinking about the strategy and what you're going to put in the information on your site, the information that you can display there is what is important. So thinking about how you can put that information and be a part of the results page, then it's right there for the searcher to see, to to basically just scroll and check out any of those organic results results. So how can you optimize your SEO to be a part of those organic results where zero click searches are happening? And how do you think about your strategy of how you're going to have those search engine displays with your information as the answer to a user's query right at the top of the page um, that does not actually end up leading into a click. So thinking about how and where and when and what you're going to do in order to make that happen is something that you're going to want to continue to consider within your marketing SEO strategy and how you're going to get those results with that zero click searches, right? And how you can have that information within those search engine websites that can do that for you. And it's a little bit different for each type of search engine. So Google and Bing and Yandex and all the ones that are out there kind of have a little bit different technique and way to follow to do that. We'll we'll dig into more. We're going to create a blog post all about this topic and give you some ideas on how you can do that zero click search and how you can have an impact on your organic traffic with those searches cuz a lot of them according to EverEffect, where I'm getting some information from, according to a study done by SparkToro, over 50% of Google searches ended without a click to another content site from that, right? So the decline in organic traffic can be detrimental to businesses, especially those that rely heavily on inbound marketing strategies. So this impact of zero click searches really is being felt by businesses because people aren't clicking on their pages to get that more information because it's just getting served up by other people who maybe outdone their SEO tactics to make sure that zero click is part of their strategy. And I'm sure you've 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 used it before without even realizing it's a it's a tactic, right? That you're uh, when you're a user searching for something and it just you end up only on that search results page and finding your information without clicking on any of the sites that are there, uh, unless you really are navigating and wanting to do it. But sometimes you can just quickly get information right away, right? What's the weather like today? It'll pop up with the weather app and it'll tell you right away. You can ask questions like how old is Tom Cruise, for example, and it'll just show right there on the search results page without you having to click on anything to get that information as an example. So, With this and adapting to that zero-click search landscape, you're going to want to think about how you can successfully adapt that into your strategy and ways that you can do it. So actionable tips for that, um, optimizing for your featured snippets, and snippets are that little bit of information that are served up on the results page uh, for your website, right? and thinking about how you can use your structured data just to mark up for your little snippets that are going to go on those pages. You're going to focus on long tail keywords. So this is specific multiple word queries that are less likely to think about how you're going to have those multiple phrases that people use to find whatever it is that you do. And then you want to look at how you can create in-depth and informative content that meets the users so that they want to click on your website to get more information. Um, And so kind of thinking how you're gonna get them wanting to want more from what you've done in your little snippet. And then also, of course, leveraging local SEO. um, So from a geographic area, thinking about zero-click searches and how they occur with location-based queries and how your business name address phone number can be shown when people are looking for your for your business name or your address right away and then it can be in the zero click search results right away so those are other things that you can think about those featured snippets the quick answers the you know posing questions as then answering those questions that you pose within your snippets and or on your website so that people have to click on it to get the answers. Those are all things to think about. And this also pertains to voice search optimization too, and what you have in the snippets there as well, uh, because now everyone has a, a mobile device, a smart device, a smart car, and you ask you know, Siri or you ask Alexa or you ask all of those things. So thinking about how you can have those search results readily available as the first answer to the questions that people are asking. So you need to think about what kinds of questions people are asking. If you empathize with your prospective client, what kind of things are they going to search for? How are they going to search for it? What kind of questions are they going to ask? And how can you be the first on the page to be able to answer those questions without a zero click? So with that, let's get into the interview and we'll continue on with this topic and you'll, you can get to go visit themarketingexpedition.com. We're going to have a lot more information there to be able to give you how you can use the zero click searches and how you can transform your business SEO strategy in doing so. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the President and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Peggy Niles on the show. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Hi, thanks for having me. So I would love our audience to just to get to know a little bit more about you. I already have read the bio, but uh, tell tell us a little more about you and, and you're in Florida now and all the fun things that you get to do. And you and I have known each other for a while. Just share a little bit of your journey from where you were to where you are now. Okay,
0: I'll try and make it short and sweet. You know, I was in the corporate and public accounting world for like 17 years before starting my own company 20 years ago, and. Most business owners that I run into started for a lot of the same reason I did, and that was flexibility and freedom. I had young kids at the time, and I didn't want to miss them growing up. It was, the funny thing was, when you know what you want, and you come up with a plan how to get it, it really is easy. I'm not going to, well, I I mean, it's hard work, but it's easier to get there. You know, I, I started making more than I made in the corporate world, like within a year or so. And the thing is that I find business owners, when they start out, they do, they want to be their own boss. They want to get rid of, you know, all the hassles. But in reality, it's a lot harder work than they thought. And they know their thing But all the other aspects of running a business can get very overwhelming. And so that's what I like to help business owners with. By slowly growing and scaling their companies, they can run it with more predictability and refined focus while earning more profits. And that is key, right? You know, I, I love a lot of people out there have very good intentions and they say, oh, I don't care about the money. But if you're not making the money, you don't have a business and you can't make the impact that you really want to make.
2: Absolutely. So yeah.
0: I believe in helping them reach their dreams and really live life on their terms like I have. And like you said, I've recently moved to Florida. That was one of my dreams. And I was able to do that despite having my business. And that's because of how I set my business up.
2: Yeah. And now you work remotely from with people with clients all over the world now, right? I mean there's there's clients yeah, all so over. I
0: I pretty much focus in the United States, but I can work with people in other countries as well. And yeah, I've been working virtual even when I was in corporate before working virtual was a thing, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> right <Wow. laughs> yeah yeah working from home flexible time that's awesome so i would love to share have you share maybe a success story or uh something that you helped a client through cuz i know you've you've done a lot with with growing and helping and not just what a typical cpa does right so give me an example of of a client that you can kind of share their journey that that you went with them and and how how they're doing now
0: Okay, so uh, I'll, uh, for one, tell you about um, a client that I had who started their business out when I did, and they have just actually retired now. Oh. So uh, I was with them, uh, which is a lot what happens with most of my clients is once we start working together, we're, we're lifetime companions, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I started out with doing accounting, your typical CPA work. And it evolved from there. And pretty much now I don't do, I'm not your typical CPA. I don't do the taxes. I don't do the bookkeeping. I dig deeper into your company, into the numbers. So you you can have more predictable results. And with her, I was helping her like identify how to grow her business from a client standpoint. Like one thing, you know, I suggested that she do is maybe have a, she was a travel agent. And one thing I suggested that she do is maybe have a travel club or hook up with, um, a bike store who had bike clubs and, um, she could help them take bike tour trips and so forth. So that was one way that she grew her business, but it's really more from a holistic approach of growing the business, right? You can't, um, One thing that a lot of companies do, and if you worked in corporate previously, you know all the departments worked independently. And that was half the problem, is the communication wasn't there between the departments. And what good is your marketing, right, Ray, when your operations can't actually do what marketing is promising? So you need to understand, right, what they're capable of doing and what they want to do. And and that's it. You have... I take more of a holistic of approach where all the areas that the business owner is dealing with is working together. And we grow with the company so that, you know, when do they want, when do they need to hire a new person? And help or how do you price how much you're going to pay for that person? What are you going to have that person do, and do you have the processes in place to properly train the person to have them working without you overlooking their every moment? You know, um, we don't want business owners to be intimately involved in, in in every piece. We want them to set things up so that they know from a top level, if things are going right, or if something needs to be fixed and they need to jump in at that point. So kind of reducing their, their risk level. So she did, she grew her, she grew her travel agency and she ended up niching to, uh, international travel until she decided to retire. Now, um, the one thing she didn't do and, it, she is only one of the people. um, I have a couple other clients that helped me decide this past year to, to also offer into my services or add on my services, the process of business exit planning. Mm -hmm. So while we're working in growing companies, we're also working in positioning them for a profitable exit. Right. Right. Because typically people won't exit until they need to, you know, if they have some illness or something. And, and what normally happens is their business is not ready to be transferred to somebody else. And so it dissolves and that, you know, that really hurts the owner because they worry about their clients. They worry about their team members Mm -hmm. and they worry about their family. And, you know, I had a couple business owners that again, I had them from the start and um, they ended up passing away and their families were not set up. The businesses, um, were not set up so that they could get the value that they really needed to do. And so now I've started expanding the service to help them set, set up so that, um, they can work and position themselves for the lifestyle they really want now and then
2: nice nice yeah you're right absolutely i think a lot of businesses just they hustle so hard to get it going and going and growing and growing and then now what right after after you know a long period of time it's it's time to start oh. thinking about how you can do that but if you're setting yourself up for that throughout the entirety of the time that you're running your business and creating your business and creating your marketing and figuring out what works i mean that's that's genius to be able to Evolve them into the next stage of their business and their life. That's awesome. it's
0: kind of addictive, right? <laughs> Running yeah. a business. I mean, I, I so recently I joined a gym club. Ah, congratulations. And, Good job. Uh, it is like addictive. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'll sit there and I, I want to try every machine and I want to do this and I, wanna, I have to go every day and I'm into this routine now. But I do, I relate it to business entrepreneurial mindset. It's an addictive thing, you know, because uh, when you're starting out, you're like, you start to see results. And so you keep it up, you keep it up, you keep it up because you get addicted to this now. You want to see better, more and more results. right? And then as your business is growing, you get so far into, into it, into the weeds, right, is is what they say. But you can, at that point, you can't just pull yourself out because you're already in it. And you've set yourself up to be the primary person in that business. Even if you have a team, you set it up to rely totally on yourself.
2: Right. And you need to have other people involved and processes documented and all the things that you can do to help increase the value of your company, right? Yes. Good. So what do you think... if, if you were to work with a new client, you know, right away, what were, what were some things, what kind of questions would you ask them? What kind of things would you, you know, dig into that? I mean, without giving away everything that you do, but like, what are some important things for your you know prospects to think about your, your business owners and people that are in this position? What is it that they need to, to bring to you so that they can have answers when you ask those questions?
0: Well, first of all, um, they really have to have their financials set up and ready to hand over to me. And I don't mean just a top-level profit and loss statement. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to dig deep into their numbers, and I'm going to have a long conversation with them to understand how their business works. I can't help anyone if I don't understand their business. And so I really want to get an understanding of where they're going, where they've been, What I want to understand what they think the problems are, you know, and what they think they do well. And we also talk to their team members if the owner is okay with that. Um, We do a survey with them, too, and try and understand, you know, what they like about the company, what they don't. You know, what is the culture of the company and where are they headed? And that really is um, one step, because other than digging deep, we want to make give them clarity Uh, To their end vision, you know, what is the end game that they're shooting for? Because if you don't know it, then you you're not going to be able to set up a plan to go for it. And that's what we do. You know, it's a deep dive assessment. It's a creation of their vision, clarity on their vision. And then we design that with them and their team, their strategic plan specific to their needs and their wants.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. To be able to guide them through that, though, and and get them to answer those questions that sometimes are hard to answer and you don't always know the answer to, right? I mean... No, but...
0: And it's a process, you know. I think the world has gotten too um, lenient and everything's got to have immediate action, immediate results. Right. And it's not. It's a process. And even when you set up your vision, you know, how you get there often changes, Right because just like your life stages, I don't know about you, but I've gone through life and I haven't wanted the same or liked the same things my whole life. I've needed change, right? But it doesn't mean my end goal necessarily changed, just how I got to it. And that really is what the plan is all about, right? It's more of a guide. It's not a, you have to stick to this. It's a guide to get you to where you really want to go. And you have to be able to you know, modify it and take left turns quite often. I mean, how many people have team members out there that, you know, they, they're they relying on someone really important and then that team member quits?
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that significantly.
0: <laughs> and then there's panic, you know, and then there's how to find the right person that because you've gotten used to them, you relied on them. I there's just so many intricacies involved with running a business, and you know it. You you've been there.
2: Yeah, you're totally. doing it. Yeah, twenty years in October, we'll be celebrating. And yeah, I can absolutely relate to having somebody who's been with you for sixteen years, and they need change, and you know are interested in doing something new, and so they leave, and on good terms. But it's you know bittersweet at the same time. But I'm excited for change, and I get that. Other people are in the same position because a lot of people are, for who have been in a long time, I mean, having somebody, a company for 16 years is unheard of anymore, right? I mean, usually it's a few years or five, you know, 10 years maybe, but it's, it's now, it's sort of that, you know, transition where people are moving and going to different places and, you know, wanting to to do that. And for us, it's interesting because now we have opportunities to bring in fresh, you know, new ideas and new ways of doing things from from you know new people that will hire again. And, you know, hopefully you know, landing on the right person to hire, because that's always wow. the, the trick, right? The, the, the trick is finding the right person that's going to, you know, adapt to the culture and understand and be aware. And, and then, you know, can we adapt to them and what they, their new ideas are? All of those, those fun things that I'm sure a lot of your clients have gone through too, right?
0: Yes. And you know what? A lot of that too is in asking the right questions when you're interviewing,
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
0: not not your typical tell us about yourself. You know, you gotta ask them the unexpected questions that give you insight that you wouldn't normally expect.
2: Yeah, for and sure, and that
0: helps you identify if the person will fit your culture or what you're trying to do.
2: Yeah, what's your favorite interview question to ask?
0: Well. I mean, there's a few. So like one, I may give them an example of something uh, that's happened and ask them how to, um, how, how they would solve it or how they've solved it in the past. But while I'm trying to, you took me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. I literally have a, I literally have a handout for people on questions to, to ask. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. I love it.
0: And I wish I had it handy to tell you to tell, you know, your your fans out there that they can go to an
2: app. We can, you can share it and we'll put a link to it in the show notes for sure. But I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you can ask a whole bunch of different questions and sometimes people will just be on their A game and try to tell you what they think uh, you want to hear from them as opposed to what you really want to hear from them and how they really are. Right. So Yeah. I mean, that's what I always tell people like, look, this, there's no wrong answer here. Don't feel like you have to just tell me exactly what you think I want to hear because you may not know what I want to (laughs) hear. So you just need to be honest with me and don't be nervous and don't, you know, all of those things and setting the stage for that because it's, it's important to get to the real person to know who you're going to be spending a majority of your days with. Right. I mean, we work with people all day and it's like, we want to make sure that they're the right the right uh, people that can join our, our family, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, an extended family.
0: (laughs) You know, a couple things though, uh, like, don't, don't you be the sole person that interviews them. Mm -hmm. Have Mm -hmm. one or two other people interview the person. And if, and if you're a solopreneur pick a best friend or something, but don't ask them the same questions. Each of you go in with a purpose to find something else out.
2: It's a good idea for sure. Um, yeah. So
0: that's one thing. The other thing is um, have one people take them to lunch or breakfast or out to coffee. Because quite often you can watch how they're reacting to servers or people in the restaurant, and that can be a tell right how they generally are outside of an interview where they're expected to be straight-laced and give you the right answers.
2: Right, You know,
0: watching the cues um, that they're giving you without Mm -hmm. you asking.
2: I think there's a famous, I don't know, study or a case or a article written about it, or I've heard about it, other people talk about it, but I think it was Zappos who – The bus driver, right, was in on HR, and they, you know, learned how to drive the bus, and so they wanted to know how they treated the bus driver when they were going to pick them up on campus to take them to the interview. And like the receptionist, really wasn't necessarily just a receptionist; she might have also been, uh, he or she might have also been, you know, in on the interview process to see how people interact with each other, and you know, if they're competitive or not, how they treat the other applicants, how they, you know, interact with with the help. And um, I think it's genius because it's like the capturing people in their true essence of who they really are and not necessarily who they are behind the door when you're interviewing them. So, uh, that's a really good reminder. Cause I'm about to go hire people, you know, again, and, um, and it's, it's interesting right now, the, the market, I don't know if it's like that in Florida, but in Idaho right now and, and kind of surrounding areas, it's, it's difficult to find because a lot of people are, Um, transplants and they work remotely outside of our area. Right. And um, the, the wages of these bigger cities uh, versus what our, you know, community is, is, is at is, is dramatically different. Very, very, very different. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, I was just like shocked at some of the um, expectations of, of where people thought that, you know, salaries in our area were, were, uh, you know, affording and I was like, just blown away. So I was like, well, maybe I just need to hire somebody remotely from another smaller town than us. And then we'll. <laughs> well, the other thing
0: is consider, is there something else you can offer them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily just about, ab- about the salary, you know, it could be a flexible schedule. You have to get, uh, in the interview process too, you have to get an understanding of what it is they really want. Cause money isn't necessarily everything. Of course you need it just like in business, right? How are you going to pay your bills and then have a life? Um, but there might be something else that they want, you know, I mean, even the remote work, is a key benefit. Nowadays, with companies, they're going back to, you know, no, you have to be here physically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of at least a hybrid situation in a creative environment. I have found, you know, during the pandemic, when we were all remote, we were all isolated. It just our creativity sort of, you know, just the atmosphere and energy sort of you know, really plummeted and then bringing people back to the office again. And, and now, you know, in our studio and having people there and be able to answer questions and, oh, can you take a look at this on my screen and tell me this or that or the other? And it's just, it's, it, it speeds things up in some way. Because now you can collaborate and communicate and it's, it's a different world. But we've also been able to adapt too, to be flexible. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting, the, the communication, the dynamic of being remote versus in-person versus kind of the hybrid scenario. And yeah, I, I, I still feel, I think there's a shift that people want to come back to work <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of people.
0: And then there are a lot that want to work from home still. But even when you have a virtual employee, you can't consider it the way it was in COVID. That was just such a unique situation. And, and people's mental stability and creativity were down for many reasons, not just being isolated, right? Um, but there are, there are ways to try and... Um, empower people that are working virtually as well and make them feel part of the team. And you just have to find different ways to bring everyone together, even if it is in a virtual environment. Um, something other than just, oh, let's get on a Zoom call and talk. Right. Um, yeah. You know, whatever it is, you just have to make people feel a part of it. I mean, consider this like a senior home care companies, right? They have all these caregivers that they send out to people's homes to take care of them. And they don't come necessarily into the office. So how would you make them feel part of the company rather than just, you know, someone excluded and going to work every day by themselves? You know, well, with their client, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you want to find a way to make them feel part of the company as well, whether it be, you know, every six months do something um, or, or, you know, bring them in for a, a company event or, or something. Um, but there are other businesses out there that are normally, you know, they're not virtual,
2: mm-hmm. but they're
0: still not in the office every day.
2: Right. That's right. Yeah. They're out and about out in the field, doing the the, the work wherever they are and, it's yeah, they still need to feel connected and like they belong and being a part of the culture for sure.
0: And I mean, you, you probably have more of a benefit than most business owners because you are in that creative world already. So in trying to find a creative way to bring your team together when they're not together Mm -hmm. would hopefully be a little easier for you because you already think different.
2: Well, and we had already started using Zoom and Skype. Actually, was was something we had used before, and um, you know all of the things. So yeah, we were pretty used to to doing being flexible. I mean, people would work, you know, one day a week from home, and I didn't have a problem with it because I did it too. And yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how things transition in the you know near future. Um, and how, how it can help or hurt companies in a way in, in lots of different ways. But.
0: Yeah. The interesting thing is you really have to, it's all about getting to know your employees.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, I,
0: as, as management, you have to have that, walk that fine line, right. Um, Understanding and and knowing them kind of making them a part of the family, but yet not too close because you're still the boss. Right. And it's still as a business, but you have to, you have to get to know them enough to have an understanding of what drives them. Um, Because even, you know, even when people come into the office every day, a lot of them don't feel part of the team. You know, they may feel like they're working at home because, you know, they're just not um, outgoing enough, let's say, or they're, they're more introverted and, you know, they or they like working more by themselves. So, it, you know, it really, people kind of say, oh, people are working virtually and it means this, but it doesn't necessarily differentiate it from people working in the office. So you really have to consider, you know, it's, it's getting to know your employees and what drives them. It's getting to know what culture you're trying to create and then bringing the two together no matter where your employee is.
2: Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a message from one of our partners, KitCaster. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand? And KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. We've had several guests from KitCaster on the Marketing Expedition podcast as well. So if you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you Go to kitcaster.com expedition to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. Well, let's change gears a little bit. I know one of the things that you wanted to, to dig into and dive into a little more is um, the difference between growth and scaling. And I know... Um, a long time ago when we came together, we we came up with your business name, right? <laughs> we
0: did. Well, it was more um, my title that you, you suggested I use, um, which is performance and profit strategist. And that's because I really bring together strategic planning with my financial expertise uh, to grow and scale one's company. Yeah, that was very exciting. I love
2: the alliteration of performance and profits together. So, I mean, it yeah. no worked.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I use that still. I you it, was- so.
2: Oh, good. I love that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about the difference between, you know, the two uh, scaling and growing and, um, you know, kind of how, what you wanted to share about that, because I think it's important for uh, people in this path that are either entrepreneurs or maybe wanting to be entrepreneurs or maybe they're, they're employees in wanting to help the company grow and succeed and, you know, be able to to be profitable so that they can get bonuses and all the fun things, right? Raises, all the things that everybody wants. But um, why don't you share a little bit more and dig into that a little bit, Peggy?
0: I think um, growing is getting some, I mean, scaling is being a little misused. And it's it's turned into being synonymous with growth. And even sometimes uh, people use scaling as far as marketing, like that it's all about marketing. And marketing is an important piece, but that's not all that it is. And growth is more when you're growing your business, you're getting more, um, you're bringing more cash in, you're getting more customers, right? But you're using your, lever, your resources to the same extent. So growing is just growing your revenue and growing your expenses at the same point, at the same pace, at the same amount. Sometimes even your expenses are exceeding mm-hmm. the, the additional revenue. revenue right, revenue. this is supposed to be you a know?
2: for-profit company here, not a nonprofit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, because like, you don't necessarily have the capacity or, you know, for whatever reason, scaling is growing your company in that you're bringing in more revenue somehow, but your expenses are increasing at a slower pace, allowing your profit, your bottom line to grow as your company grows. And you know, how do you do that by leveraging your resources? And like I said, marketing is a big piece, Right. Uh, you need that to bring in your, your clients, your additional revenue, but also, and, and you can do it not at the same expense. Your marketing of course, doesn't have to increase at the same revenue, but where I say marketing is just a piece of it because once you get those customers, how are you serving them? Mm-hmm. How are you running your business? You know, what is all the overhead that that's involved? What are all the direct expenses that are involved? And so
2: I'll add to that, to the marketing piece. The idea is to lower your customer acquisition cost while increasing your lifetime value of the customers that you acquire, right? And so the marketing piece of that is how efficient can you get at making the the cost of acquiring the new ideal you know, clients that are going to spend more with you over time. So yeah, that's a, that's a piece of it in the marketing, you know, kind of the, the, to to reduce the cost, but increase the value. Absolutely. (laughs) Right.
0: And, you know, and that's another thing is scaling, isn't necessarily uh, about um, just getting new customers either. Right. It can be scaling could be about um, buying another company similar to yours. right? So you're growing that way. You got more customers, more employees and stuff, but you also have expenses that both of the companies were originally using, where now you can reduce or delete some of them because you have the synergistic ones in your existing company. And so you're taking the benefit by merging them together. Okay, so that's one. I had one, I had a printing, um, a printer salesman. They were salespeople at first, and they ended up buying a printing facility um, because then they were able to print jobs at a better cost than they were getting from outside printers. You alleviated the markup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's another way to scale. So, I mean, there is more involved with scaling. And again, I go to taking a holistic approach at your company. And um, you definitely want, as you grow, to increase your bottom line. But the other thing that's important for the business owners is when you're just growing and you're you're not paying attention to the how the expenses are growing at what pace, Usually you're back into, in the service industry, you're back into that um, money for time, right? And that's when the business owner just gets buried and eventually burns out. Even if they have a team, you know, they're not relying on the team as much and they're not focusing on um, the continued growth because they're afraid they don't have any more time or money to give. And by scaling, you're creating more of a future for yourself.
2: Yeah. And you can replicate the scaling efforts. I mean, and then tenfold it, you know, 10X it right. ideally, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I and mean, actually, you know, there's licensing, there's franchising, there's a ton of things you can do with your business. It's not just about necessarily getting more clients or, you know, change what offers you have out there, right? hmm That's yep. another thing.
2: Yeah. And as trends continue to evolve and things, you know, continue to move, I, I was saying, when Pepper Shock started, Facebook wasn't even invented yet. I mean, you know, Zuckerberg was still, you know, in grade school. So I mean, <laughs> well, maybe not. But I mean, he, he, I guess he was in high school. I, let's, let's not date me that far back. But... But still, like, um, obviously having to evolve over the years and staying on the leading, bleeding, cutting edge of what's next. I mean, in your area, what do you see that's going to, you know, kind of – what what do you see trending? What do you see that's different than, you know, maybe even just a year ago that you could say, you know, here's some things that I think that are going to trend forward into the next, you know, two months, six months, year, five years, you, you tell me, I mean, you work with businesses all over. And I'm just curious to see what you think is, is trending, not just in marketing, but I mean, in business in general. You know, I think a lot
0: what's going on now. Um, and, and- I think it really peaked up at COVID time in the service industry um, is everyone's trying to do like a group coaching thing or some way that it's a do it yourself program where you're, you're teaching or leading a bunch of your clients at once. Like, let let's just take your marketing firm, for example, you know, you might have where you're teaching clients how to do their own marketing or that. But I think it's going to fall back where, you know, that's not meant for every company for one thing. Not every business owner likes to do the group thing, but I think more so clients are getting so they don't want all that group stuff. They don't want to learn how to do it themselves. They want someone to do it for them.
2: Right. Yeah. DIY done, done with you, done for you, right? Right. right. <laughs> And, and they're
0: gonna want where, you know, the need is going to come where part of their scaling is building up, say, their marketing department, or, you know, whichever department it is that they're leaning on. But they're going to be bring or, or agent you know, they're going to be hiring the agencies to do it for and so I think in a way, um, you're going to get some service companies that will go back more to I'll say, boutique type. Only that does not mean, I don't mean by that that you have to stay small with, you know, a couple employees or whatever. I just think it's that um, it is going to be a need out there for businesses to create the processes and hire bigger teams to be able to serve their clients doing for them, not having the clients do themselves and be taught. Eventually, that informational teaching thing is going to be out, and they're going to want someone to guide them through it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that we we see that all the time where people are like, oh, I just need to hire to do this one thing that I don't know how to do, or they either don't have the time to do it. Or maybe they just don't have the talent because they haven't learned how to do whatever it is that needs to get done. Um, yeah. And if they have the treasure, so time, talent, and treasure, then they can pay for it to get it done. And then suddenly now they've, you know, opened their uh, plate up to doing other things that are maybe more, you know, profit revenue generating, you know, tasks for them to do. And yeah, I- that's,
0: that's I- the other thing that that you mentioned, like, you know, I just want someone to do that one thing for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think you're also going to get to the point and and I'll stay on the marketing thing because, you know, that's what your your fans are interested in. But um, I think you're going to reach a point, you know, right now, like there's um, what do you want? Email marketing, social media marketing, blog writing, you know, and there's all these segments, you know, because, of course, people say you got to niche down. Right. And I think you really are going to reach a point where someone's going to want, I don't want one person for this, one person for that one. I want to go to an agency that will do it all for me. And then you're going to get the businesses. Again, this is where it comes in, where you're leveraging your numbers, is looking at your data. What is your most profitable service that you offer? If you need to offer other ones, how do you go about the pricing of it? How much do you sell that, you know, from, from the business owner perspective, not from the client perspective to, to find a way to come up with that mix of products. Again, that's going to be most effective, productive, and profitable for you, the business owner, and yet serve your client, because I don't think they're going to be wanting to go to 20 different people for every, you know, different segments of their marketing.
2: Yeah, so that way it can remain consistent and cohesive. And, you know, somebody's helping to manage their brand across the board. And like you said, in other services too, not just marketing, I mean, there's, you know, other agencies that can help do I mean, like our payroll company doesn't just do payroll for us, they do our HR, they do, you know, risk assessment, they can do our workers comp, they can do benefits, I mean, all the things. And I don't have to hire that in house, right? I can have them do it. And we're basically leased employees to our payroll company and they handle it all for us. And I love it. And so, yeah, there's, lots of different things that you can do that could be sort of that outsourced marketing department, if you will, or that outsourced HR department that come together, but you've got then, you know, the experts of several people rather than just hiring one person in-house who only has the expertise of what their, you know, what their, their area is. Whereas if you hire, you know, an outsourced marketing department, now you've got, you know, 10 experts in 10 different areas for the price of one person that you would have in-house, right? Right. Ideally. I mean not always does always work that way, but yeah.
0: <laughs> but the, the the key thing is is for the business owner to find that balance of what they can offer profitably and how they can go about doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again,
0: it's all part of how you run your business.
2: Well, it's how you bring it all together, all the resources together to then produce and provide what's needed. And that's ultimately what it is. is They don't necessarily care how they get the result. They just want the result, right? I mean, they don't don't matter who does it, how it gets done. They just want the, the ROI on what they've invested in. And that's what I'm seeing trending, too, is people, they don't care if you have outsourced people working for you or not. They just want the end result,
0: <laughs> right?
2: You want it to be what it needs to be in order to help them move their needle and their profitability too, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: <laughs> but you definitely have to analyze the the numbers and and you know leverage the resources for you as a business owner mm-hmm. to get where you want to go.
2: Right. Right. All right. Last question for you. Um, Maybe maybe one more after this, but if you could step into my shoes right now, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you?
0: I guess you could say, what is the ultimate goal I'm trying to help business owners with? Okay,
2: Peggy, what is the ultimate goal that you are trying to help businesses with, my dear?
0: Okay, now, uh, it is, of course, the ultimate goal is for them to reach their vision for the lifestyle they want. But it is to do it in two pieces that go together. And that is running their business and growing and scaling their business to be profitable now so that they can live life on their terms now while at the same time positioning themselves for a profitable exit down the road so that no matter if they want to retire or have a passive ownership in their business or still work on their business, whatever their envision is, they're taking care of. But they're taking care of their profitable exit or positioning themselves long before they're ready. So that they don't, they aren't stressed if they come upon a major illness or something happens dreadfully in their family where they have to just walk away. Because most business owners, if you're serious about your business, you care about your employees, you care about your clients, and my God, you care about your family and your legacy that you're building. So, to just walk, have to walk away from it or not get what it's worth, it, to me, it, um, it breaks my heart. Um, you know, I, I've had uh, a couple years I went through where I lost like eight people in my life, and uh, life's too short. And they talk about, you know, that work life balance. I talk about the short term, long term balance because you just never know. You could live 50 more years. You could live one more week. So you want to enjoy life now, but you also want to be prepared to enjoy life later or at least take care of your family.
2: Yeah, no, I can absolutely relate to that. My grandparents worked hard and really hard and all of their, most of their life. And then, you know, when it came time to retire, I mean, they were just kind of getting older. And so they couldn't enjoy, you know, going to places and going to, you know, taking a trip to Hawaii and all of those types of things because they were just getting too old and didn't want to go and do and be. And I think that's ultimately what, you know, kind of kills them in a way because they're not. Enjoying what they could otherwise do. And they associated so much of their life to their work that they didn't enjoy it while they could, you know? And I think that I don't want to believe that either. I mean, we went to Hawaii this last summer and I'm just like, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to go. And I, you know, I don't care at this point because I want to be able to enjoy it now while, you know, I still can.
0: (laughs) And do you know that 80% of businesses that are put up for sale, only 20% actually sell? Wow and the major disconnect is the value of the business. And so that's what we want to help you do early on by positioning yourself is making sure that you have the value you need to live the life you want after your business.
2: Yep, yep. And it's important to do that for sure and do all the things and take all the steps to make sure that your value increases and and you know, all of those things. Peggy, okay, last question I promise. How can people reach out to you? And get your profit and performance strategic brain helping them. <laughs> and and what can you share um, where people can get a hold of you and work with you should they need to?
0: Well, if they want to call, if they want to get on a call with me, they can go to com slash reach Peggy. Otherwise, I also have a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Profit with Strategy. But more importantly, I'd like to offer your uh, fans a guide, one of my new guides. It's your guide to five simple steps to profitably streamline your business. And I hope you all take me up on it because inside this guide, you'll find insights for how to refocus your efforts and scale your business more efficiently. Now, where can you find it? Profitescalators.com business.
2: Okay. I'm definitely uh, (laughs) I
0: would love to be in touch, but mostly I hope that guide can help someone out there.
2: Absolutely. And you. Ray,
0: I'll send you my list of interview questions.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll um if you, you have a link, we'll share it too. Thanks, Peggy. I really appreciate all of your wonderful wisdoms and nuggets. And I, I'm sure we could keep talking for, you know, hours here if we wanted to, but um maybe we'll have to have you come back on the show again. And actually we've talked about you starting your own podcast. So. Uh, I
0: know that's on my to-do list. I am actually planning on twenty twenty three being the year to have my podcast going. Okay. And I will have uh, the end of the, probably December, um, be launching my group, Profit Escalators.
2: Excellent. I can't wait to be a part of it in some way and uh, cheer you on. And, you know, maybe you can do the same for me. <laughs>
0: for sure. I would be bringing you on or, you know, somehow making you even a part of a guest in my group. So oh, I would love to. I would love to do that. Really?
2: awesome Peggy thank you so very much uh for for joining me today
0: thank you for having me it's always so much fun with you
2: Oh, thank you. And for those of you listening, the very best thing that you can do for both Peggy and I is share this with other people you know that need to hear what Peggy had to say today. Oh my gosh, lots of people need to hear what she had to say. So please share this. Also, give us a review on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to and screenshot it and send it to me at hello, the the email address hello at themarketingexpedition.com and if you screenshot a wonderful review i will give you some shout outs uh, on my monthly shout outs news you can use and events not to miss so give us a review and um share this out there give us some love and until next time everybody enjoy your marketing journey
1: thanks for listening to the marketing expedition podcast want to continue the journey don't miss out on new episodes subscribe on itunes spotify amazon music or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The marketing expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.